0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. Well, welcome to Our Sunday School. If you got your Bibles, uh, head over to Second Peter for what I think will be the last day in the series. So, so there's that. This is lucky number 13 in the series. I figure it will end on a good number. So since today is the last week, uh, we'll go ahead and read the entire letter today. So chapters 1, 2, and 3. It's been a minute since I've been able to do this. So excited about reading the whole letter today. All right, right. Second Peter. Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. and For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed, They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, Carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin Enticing unstable souls They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children They have forsaken the right way and gone astray Following the way of Balaam the son of Beor, Who loved the wages of unrighteousness But he was rebuked for his iniquity A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet These are wells without water Clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved... And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them these things, in which some things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So obviously today is the last day of our series in Second Peter. Let me ask you a question. Does Peter just kind of trail off at the end, or does he maintain some level of we're, we're just going to keep resounding and pounding truth in until the last sentence of this letter? He keeps at it, right? I mean, there's no, and, and this is what we would expect, right? We, we see this uh, man in the Gospels, and we don't get the feeling that he's just going to go quietly into that good night. He's, he's going to go uh, strong all the way to the very end. He doubles down on the confidence he has in the scriptures here And he, he began his letter focused on Jesus Christ And he ends his letter focused on Jesus Christ And uh, we have several folks that are at Saudi Daisy this morning uh, With their children watching them sing uh, But if Miss Amy Velosin were here this morning I would ask her how many imperatives did you count this morning uh, And most of them that are in this letter are in this last section So let's look at a couple of the uh, most repeated words in Second Peter We've done this each week Uh, so the most repeated words in second peter uh, the first blank there on your handout if you got your handout uh, is the word will w-i-l-l so there are 21 future indicatives in second peter so this something that's going to take place in the future and it's a statement of fact that there is no doubt what peter says he believes this is actually going to come to pass and I have no doubt, when we are at the end of all things, looking back on this time and at Peter's time and at the end times, that these 21 indicatives will, in fact, all be true. So the other word here that shows up quite a few times in Second Peter, then what we've focused on quite a bit, is the word know, K-N-O-W. It's your next blank. Some variation of know, knowing, known, knows. Uh, shows up many times. Now, we actually see know in knowledge a couple of times today. So when we started Second Peter, chapter 1 was really quite a bit directed straight at the believers, right? You believe this, you pay attention to this, you this, you this, you this. And in chapter 2, he diverts his attention to these false teachers that uh, get a great deal of condemnation and very clear uh, speech from Peter. And then in chapter 3, specifically here at the end, he goes back to the you. So that's your next blank there for the most repeated words in this text in verses 14 through 18 today. You and your happen five times. And did you pick up on the three beloveds as we went through this last little section? Because he's telling them to do quite a few things, but he's also reminding them, I love you. I love you. It, it, it reminds me of conversations that I might have had with our children at some point When they're going through the discipline process And now you, uh, we, we love you here we, this, is, this is good for you, right? We have to tell you this a few times Jessica, your mom just like stared you down right there That was kind of awesome <laughs> Sorry, you were, you were thinking about Luke, weren't you? Yes, yes you were, okay, awesome She was not um, All right <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at what the words mean today. Uh, just a few new words in today's text, but uh, we'll take a look at them. So verse 14, therefore, beloved, beloved this is agapetos. This is the um, this noun form of uh, agape, the Greek verb. Uh, it just means loved. It means a dear one. Um, therefore, beloved, looking forward to, so this is a present active participle. Do I need to even say the word? Repeatedly. Thank you, darling. Yes, this is repeatedly. So therefore, so this is we're connecting something that has come before. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, looking forward to what things? The end of all things, right? The eschatos, the end times, looking forward to these things. Now, now this is an interesting statement, I think, that he makes here, because how much time did he spend talking about the evil, wicked teachers that were coming? It was a lot of time, right? Right? And he says, looking forward to these things, take the day off. Rest, relax, kick back, put your life on cruise control. It'll be all right. Jesus will figure it all out. There's nothing needed from you. Myla, is that his tone here? Not quite right (laughs) now. It's not his words either, right? Yeah. Be diligent. So this is an aorist active imperative. This is to be prompt or earnest. This is to be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it's active. It's not a somebody's going to make you be diligent. This is the subject is causing the diligence. So we have on us the, the command to actively be diligent. This is not up to God to say, all right, I'm going to pour diligence into Tim Archer today. No. He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to strengthen your hands for the good work. But it's up to you to be diligent. It's up to us to be diligent. Right? This is an active word. Be diligent to be found. Uh, the Greek word is hierisko. Does um, anybody... Does anybody recognize that word? It's a root for one of our English words right now. Think computers. Heuristic, Heuristic yes. Uh, it's the idea of to find or to search for. Uh, hey, I didn't see you yet this morning. How are you? Good. Um, squirrel, sorry. I, I had two mocha fraps in the last 72 hours. It's My brain's shot, so that's the way that works. I didn't have one this morning, so... You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Be diligent to be found. Now, now this is, this is the passive, right? This is something's happening to this person who's being found, right? Because you can't actively, like it's hard to actively be found, right? Somebody's going to show up and going to find. So who is going to show up and find? Yes, Jesus, right? Jesus is going to show up and he is going to find, and he's going to find us And he's saying the state that I want you to be found in is in peace. Not frenzied, not panicked, not distraught at the false teachers, not freaking out over the state that our world is in, but in peace. See, there are are wonderful things that I don't ever have to worry about because we have this book. Right? Right? It just takes care of so much. Like, I, I don't have to wake up like, well, I wonder if Jesus is going to keep his word. Yep, he is. That's a good thing. So I can be at peace. Even in the midst of all kinds of sin and evil and wickedness, we can be at peace. So be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot. So this is, unspo- this is unblemished. We think that he's probably leaning toward the moral piece here. This word can also be used for the physical, but without spot and blameless. This is unblameable. This is a, uh, you think about blameless as a, a horizontal, right? So man's not looking at your life and going, oh yeah, yeah, I got these nine things against you, right? Godliness is vertical. This is your relationship with God, but blameless is a more horizontal approach. So to be found by him in peace without spot, Unblamable. And then verse 15, and consider. And this is another uh, imperative. That's your blank there. Present middle uh, imperative. And this is to lead or command to deem or to consider to account. Your your blank here is to judge. See, so we are commanded to evaluate, to, to think about certain things. Um, the Christian life is not one where you switch your brain off and are a mindless robot. And that is good, right? If God wanted robots, He created robots. He did not create robots. So he says, consider or judge, that the, consider what? That the long-suffering, this patience of our Lord is salvation. Now, have we seen any of these words before? Yes, we have. Uh, look back in verse uh, 9 in the same chapter, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. He's patient toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So why is He not here right now? He's patient. What's He waiting on? He's waiting on repentance. It's like, okay. So as we see the world getting worse and worse and worse, we should go Thank you, Lord, for your long-suffering and your patience, because in that patience, more are being added to your kingdom. And, and that, is a, that is an odd thought, right? You think, like, look around and, and praise God for the fact that things are falling apart, because uh, He is not falling apart, that is for sure. So consider or judge that the long-suffering, this patience of our Lord, of our Curios, of our ruler, of our master... Is salvation, is soteria, is rescue, is saving. As also, now, now, Peter's going to pull a Paul right here. So, do you remember when we were going through Romans? Romans had 16 chapters. And we did Romans chapters 1, 2, and the most of chapter 3, and it was just despair and despair and despair and despair. And, and we finally got to a but now and everything shifted so from 3 4 5 6 7 and then this crowning jewel i would say of the whole new testament romans 8 and then you start romans chapter 9 and you're like wait what what did we just do Are, like we we were headed a very specific direction for 8 chapters and then you read 9 10 and 11 and you go has he lost his mind like no he hasn't lost his mind he's making an example Right? So you can almost think about Romans 9, 10, and 11 as great big parenthetical aside that backs up 1 through 8 and preps the remainder of his argument in 12 through 16. And Peter, believe it or not, I think he must have hung out with some of Paul's writings to figure this out. He pulls this off in verse uh, 15 here. As also our beloved brother Paul, do you see the comma after Paul? according to the wisdom given to him has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking them of these things, which are uh, some things hard to understand. He's actually got a parenthetical inside a parenthetical, which some things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twisted on the destruction, as they also do the rest of the scriptures. What was his point? Go back to the beginning of the point. As also our beloved brother Paul Peter is saying what I am teaching you here is consistent with what you have read and seen and heard from Paul. Like we are saying the same words. Now, Paul's parentheticals are three chapters long. <laughs> Peter's are a sentence and a half, right? This might tip our hands just a bit to the difference in educational background, <laughs> right? And, and to that I would say that is completely okay because if 2 Peter or 1 Peter or Peter's examples in the gospel earlier have ministered to you, please be aware that God can use anybody. And this is good. This is very, very good. So let's go back to 15 here. So is salvation as also our beloved, and I love the fact that he says beloved, because do do we have any record in the New Testament of Peter and Paul interacting? Yes. Yes. Would someone care to summarize quickly for me their interaction? It was happy and wonderful and like Paul posted something on Facebook and Peter loved it immediately and then retweeted it out on Twitter and like just fantastic, right? It was, it was what? Aggressively conversational. Aggressively conversational, yes. Peter had decided that he wanted to like give in a little bit to the Jewish influences that were his past. And Paul... The, I, th- I think the, the phrase in Acts is actually stood face-to-face or toe-to-toe with him, right? Which <laughs> Peter's, if you think about who's going to be the person in the New Testament that's going to jump up and get in somebody's face, you think it's kind of Peter. But when it came to bad theology, who jumped up? Paul did. That's right. Because Paul could not stand taking the gospel and mixing anything else with it. Because when you put something else in the gospel, it's no longer the gospel. You have ruined it. So Paul stands toe-to-toe, face-to-face with him, confronts him about this, and guess what Peter does? He changes. He repents. Like I don't think the New Testament uses the word repent, but he changed his behavior. He quit doing that thing. We see in his actions that he stopped that. So I love this two verses here because we get to see kind of the, the end of the story and to see that they were good, right? So, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom that Sophia given to him has written to you as also in all his epistles. Hmm. So, maybe, feels like, Peter had read these. These were widely circulated. This is evidence of this circulation of the New Testament letters in the New Testament itself, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. And then there's, I thank God for this next little parenthetical. (laughs) It makes me feel so much better when I read Paul. (laughs) In which Uh, some things are hard to understand. And the word hard to understand is a very simple word, which I think is almost a joke in the Greek. Um, Difficult of perception or hard to be understood. Has anybody ever read Paul and thought, I I missed where he was going here for just a, like, I got lost. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how many times I had to go back and read through Romans again and again and again and again. And even in Galatians, it was like six chapters, but uh, he lost me again. All right, i got to go back and start over. Um, And again, this is another illustration that God can use widely varying academic educational backgrounds for His glory. It is a good thing. Now, what does He say about some things that are hard to understand? Which, these things that are hard to understand, untaught... Uh, your, your blank here could be ignorant. This is unlearned. This is somebody who's not uh, well educated and unstable. This means unfixed. I, I don't have I um, I don't have something that is anchoring me. This is the idea that there's a, a vacillation, that I'm I'm, wa- I'm waffling back and forth. So think, Doug, think non-politician. Okay. So, have you ever seen a, like a politician change their mind on something? A few times, yes. Just a few times. So, which untaught and unstable people twist. Now, this word twist is not just. Um, Jessica, can I borrow your hand out here at this back to Bethlehem? All right. So, if I take this piece of paper, right, and I twist it, that's not what this is at all. Look at your definition. to wrench, to torture by the rack. Uh, you know, you guys know what the rack was? It's a torture device, you strap somebody to it and they begin to pull on your limbs. And at some point, your limbs kind of pop out, right? I mean, your shoulders are gonna pop out, your elbows, your wrists, your knees, your hip joints. Your I mean, it's just, it's not. This is pulling and twisting far longer Then something was designed to go. If you keep going there, uh, to pervert. So, you've never heard anybody take Paul's messages and pervert them, have you? To twist them around so that things popped out of joint and it was no longer a cohesive working whole. Because I guarantee you, you put somebody on the rack long enough, they're not hopping up and walking away normal, right? They're not going to function properly. Some things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction. And Peter has talked about destruction, and this is the same word that he uses of the false teachers back in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. He uses it twice there. He uses it in chapter 2, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 3, and then chapter 3, verse 7. This apalia uh, is a, a very common word in Second Peter. As they also do the rest of the scriptures. He's saying it's not just isolated to Paul, it's a consistent practice with them. But don't miss what he also does here. What did just What did Peter just say about Paul's writings? He says they're scriptures. So don't miss this. This is internal evidence inside the scripture validating other portions of scripture as scripture. Okay. So we have external evidence. We have internal evidence. This is really big internal evidence. So they twist this to their own destruction. So let us be careful how we handle the Scripture, because it can be twisted to our destruction. There is a grave warning here for anyone who desires to be a teacher or a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't you dare mess with it, because it is destructive when it is twisted. All right, verse 17. You, therefore, so we're, we're, he's off his parenthetical, we're back, right? You, therefore, beloved, I love you. I love you. And I'm about to give you some things to do. Since you knew this beforehand, uh, prognosco, this is this present active participle, repeatedly know this beforehand. Beware. The imperative here is the word Beware. And it's like to observe, to avoid, to be on guard, to watch. And he's writing this to believers. He's telling believers, watch, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. Being led away with the error of the wicked. What is the error of the wicked? Twisting something that is scripture. For their own destruction. Can people be led away? Have you ever gone to church with someone who is now no longer in church and is living, living an apostate life? Yeah. And if you haven't, just hang on. Because it will happen. Lest you fall from your own steadfastness. Heir of the wicked. Verse 18. But grow. Right? So he tells us to watch. To beware, that's an imperative. And then verse 18, but grow. This is also an imperative. This can also mean grow up or increase. To, to have more of the grace, the charis, and knowledge, the gnosis of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in this closing sentence, to Him be the glory, the doxa, both now and forever. Amen. He leaves us with a command to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which implies what? We're not finished, and we don't have it all, right? Does anybody think that they have all of the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? No. (laughs) Like, please don't raise your hand to (laughs) that. That would be bad, right? To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. All right, so a couple applications and personalizations. Application number one, God's word is trustworthy. See, Peter is able to make these bold statements because he is not uh, untaught and unstable. He is using something that is a fixed point. God's word is stable and it provides a foundation for peace. So what do we do with that? Uh, Personalization number one, be diligent to be found by him in peace. Use the scriptures to calm your life. This This is where it comes from. Don't go somewhere and hum and repeat some pagan mantra. Use the scriptures to calm your life. This is one of the things that they do. It is wonderful for us. Right? Application number two, God is good and right and holy in all that he does, including the timing of what he does. So the fact that he is delaying is good and right and holy. And who are we to say that he is wrong? What we are commanded to do is to verse is to personalize number two, consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that Jesus returns the day before you got saved. Are you grateful for his long-suffering? Are you grateful now for his delayed return? I sure am. I tell you what. And then application number three, and I hope you believe this, and I hope you live it the future is certain. See, we, we live our lives linearly, progressing through time, and we look back on the past as a certain thing or the present as a certain thing. And Peter tells us here that the future is a certain thing. And this provides a tremendous amount of peace in our lives because I can rest assured that God's not going to go back on his word. He's going to finish what he started. So what do we do with that? What do you think? grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the pronouns in verses 14 through 18, would you like to guess whether they are singular or plural, Josh? They're all plural. Yes, they are. So when it says, um, you therefore beloved, in verse 17, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the air of the wicked but grow, it's borrowing the you from earlier, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we are to collectively grow in our knowledge which means when we see a brother or a sister lagging behind in this space, we go and we get them and we help them and that is good does that make sense? All right, now there's something different about your handout today. It's only three pages, that's right. You're welcome. What's different? The personalized. The, the, well, the personalized is in red, yes, because there are so many imperatives. It's like he tells us what the personalized are, right? So I I feel like I should use those. <laughs> Kinda of feels right. But there's no what? The there's no plan for next week. What? Of course, there's a plan for next week. It's just not written on that piece of paper. Grab your weekly update. There's, Yeah, silly rabbit. (laughs) Um, There's always a plan. (laughs) Um, So your weekly update. I'm going to show you a a section that you... I don't know that many of us pay attention to. So it's in the upper left-hand corner here, the uh, upcoming events, and it says tentative. And you know why it's tentative? Because it's tentative. (laughs) Because Jesus might come back. (laughs) And that would be Awesome. And if he doesn't, that's awesome, too, because he's delaying so people can be saved. Uh, so today was 2 Peter 2, 3 through uh, 14 through 18. Uh, next week, we're going to start a, I think it's going to be five weeks on teaching the Bible. And, and I say that, and then many of you go, I'm not a Bible teacher. Okay. We are going to position this study so that if you are answering any questions about the Bible, I'm going to show you a process to go through that the Bible says is helpful to do that. So whether it is with grandchildren. I, I, I don't know. the how, how do I do bald? I don't know. Um, older children. Yeah. <laughs> older children. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, spouses, someone at work, someone in your neighborhood, whoever it is. I'm going to show you what the Bible says about how to communicate the Bible. Does that sound good? All right, good. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and we ran over in two, three different series this year. So we're not going to get to, anybody remember what we were planning to do? So you don't even remember, so it doesn't matter. It was not Titus. We've already done Titus. Yeah. We did Titus in like in 13, 14, something like that. I tell you. It was an Old Testament book. Oh, yeah. Zephaniah, I believe it was. To which you all would have rolled your eyes, and that would have been fine. It's still good, too. So uh, so we're going to do five weeks on teaching the Bible, and that'll start next week. Uh, we're also going to video this one, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's up on the screen as well. So it'll be a little more uh, interactive than a normal Sunday school lesson. Still completely and totally from the Bible. Like the text will inform what we are teaching, all right? We have not gone to topical studies, don't worry. I'm not going there. This is about the Bible. We just want to cover some things quickly before we go into a much longer study next year and the year after, and probably about half the year after that. And that study is found on our oursundayschool.com. So, if you want to go to the read page, it will be there, and you can see what we're doing in... Planning to do, Lord willing. <laughs> Thank you, Marie. <laughs> when I don't say Lord willing, Marie just kind of goes, I'm like, "Oh yes, that's right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that." 2019, 2020, and maybe some of 2021 too. So, all right. So you've got your weekly update. If you will uh, lean in, engage, pray as a table, make any updates on that uh, weekly update. Uh, this is how stuff gets changed on here. If you scratch something out or add something in, then. We aggregate those, and Darla takes care of them, and it's wonderful, and thank you for that and all that. Uh, And with that, if you will praise the table, when you're finished, you are dismissed. So thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.